You're tuned into tomorrow. Right here on the Advanced Media Network. This Into Tomorrow podcast is hosted by our partner, Blueberry Podcasting. We couldn't be happier with their service. You can get 30 days of podcast hosting free by simply visiting their website at blueberry.com. That's like a blueberry without the E's. So it's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com. Welcome Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive radio network program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline. On this happy Thanksgiving weekend, welcome Into Tomorrow for the weekend of Friday, November 26th, 2021, our 26th year on the air. And as we celebrate with fellow Americans, since we have a lot of folks listening around the world, this is our Thanksgiving weekend. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline, still uh, sleeping off all the tryptophan. Yes, exactly. Did you gobble till you wobbled? Into tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Don't forget to always check your spam filters. Man, it's amazing how many uh, legitimate emails end up in there. So just check them frequently because you never know. And, of course, back up your important data. Maybe on this uh, holiday weekend you'll find time to say, you know, I haven't done that in a while. Oh, shame on me. Well, you need to back up important data, especially get a, a backup off-site somewhere of anything that's really critical. And uh, don't be an SMG. Excuse me? Yeah. I, I've not heard this term before either. I'm wondering. That's social media ghost. Oh. I'm not sure who makes these things up. but <laughs> So be sure and follow us on all of our anti-social media. Of course, very easy with Facebook, it's just Into Tomorrow. With Twitter, it's IT Radio Show, as in Into Tomorrow. See, aren't we clever? IT Radio Show. And for me, personally, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, whatever, all those anti-social media sites, it's the same thing, just Dave Graveline, one word, one name, put it together, at Dave Graveline. And if you mention the show, I follow you back. Because I don't follow back all the people that are just, you know, trying to follow you because they're trying to get followers or get messages or, you know, hey, I want to sex you up. You know, can can we talk? No. Goodbye. Have a nice day. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> whatever. But mention the show and then I know you're a listener. So gobble, gobble and gobble, gobble until you wobble into tomorrow. There you go. All right. Some tech news and commentary, and then we've got some highlights from some previous shows for you, the remainder of this hour and the second and the third hour. But the important thing is fresh, brand new tech news and commentary for you, such as... Apple's decision to allow ratings for its own apps is producing mixed results. Uh, the official podcasts app has flipped from an abysmal 1.8 star rating to over 4.8 in the space of just a few weeks. Oh, yeah. Thanks they had to, nothing to do with that, I'm yeah, sure. Thanks to a surge of reviews. Now, this wasn't the result of a feature update during that period. In fact, no features at all were updated at that time. <laughs> um, instead, the blame appears to rest on app prompts and more than a little confusion. Apple said that iOS 15.1 started prompting users for ratings and reviews, quote, just like most third-party apps. 
However, many people thought that they were rating the show, the podcast that they were listening to, and not the podcast app itself. Mm-hmm. And that led to a flood of scores and reviews for podcasts, not the Apple podcast app. So Apple oh, is kind gosh. of tricking people into – because I guess they didn't want to have a, no longer a 1.8 star rating for their own podcasts app. So they started prompting for reviews and people – and the, the confusion is people think they're reviewing the podcast they're listening to. Hashtag pathetic. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, on this Thanksgiving weekend, we're coming to you from the Dexcom G6 Studios, the only continuous glucose monitor FDA permitted, even for kids ages two years and up. Visit dexcom.com. And in our continued quest every year to give you some great tech gift ideas for the holidays. Oh, now I've got some folks' attention. Yes, please, because I don't know what to get him or her. Roku channel users can buy subscriptions on AMC+, Epics, Showtime, Stars, and other third-party streaming platforms and pay only 99 cents a month for the initial two months. So you can be really cheap, let's just say inexpensive, and you can buy a gift for two bucks. Less than two bucks. The limited time deal is one of Roku's holiday promotions, which also include 30 days of free HBO Max for device purchasers and a variety of hardware discounts. So think about some inexpensive stocking stuffers like that, or maybe for anyone in your life that subscribes to various streaming services, consider getting them a subscription or continue their existing subscription. So maybe you know someone who's uh, a sucker and on Amazon Prime, like Chris. See, if if I cared, I could get him a renewal subscription, but I would not pay for Amazon, even as a gift. Then I will make sure that none of your Christmas gifts come from Amazon this year. I'll be going to the Dollar Tree. Okay, good. The Dollar Tree. (laughs) That's more than you normally spend. So, um, but you see, think about that. Isn't that a very clever way, I think, of doing things for fun. Maybe you have a friend that uh, doesn't drive but uses Uber or Lyft all the time, or how about Uber Eats, whatever. Well, you can give them a gift subscription to basically pay forward. Maybe it's somebody who goes to the airport a lot uh, and they don't want to leave their car. So you can say, well, here, I get you a little gift card for next time you have to Uber or Lyft. Uh, Things like that which are a little bit out of the beaten path, off the beaten path, if you will, I think make some great gifts, and why not talk about them during Thanksgiving weekend when officially the holiday season starts? Not if you're paying attention to any retailers, but yeah. that started way before Halloween. Uh-huh. Uh, but some ideas there. And, of course, we'd like your ideas as well for the tech lover in your life. What would you be giving to people? And Chris is going to tell you how you can tell us that. And When you make it on the air, you win. It's very easy to do. There's several ways. The, the best way, because you sound the best, I think, is using our free Into Tomorrow app. Yes. There's a little message to studio button there, and it'll allow you to record a message and it sends it right to us. And it sounds like you're right on Santa's lap. Uh, yeah. Or Chris's lap, but, whatever no. the case. But it sound, you're Six right feet. here in the studio. Six feet separation. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and wear a mask and, yeah. or a beard. Or something. But that's true. And just mash that thing that says message to studio and voila. You can do a similar thing on our website, intotomorrow.com. There's a little red microphone that says Ask Dave. that will allow you to do the same thing. And we ask you just let us know your first name, where you're calling from or you're participating from, and how you hear the show. Yep. And you can do that on any device with a browser and a microphone. 
So it doesn't have to just be your smartphone. Maybe you're in front of your computer one day. And you say, I've got a question for the guys, or I've got some tech gift ideas to share, or some tech rage, or how about this, a holiday greeting for everyone in our audience, because we will then add some holiday music, and we will use your voice coming back out of commercial breaks. And just end with, now back to Dave. Or Dave and the guys, or is Cam there, or whatever you'd like to say. But a nice little holiday greeting is something that we encourage everyone to participate with every year. We already have several this year from listeners that have contributed. And when you hear yourself on the air, you win. It really is that easy. So if you've been thinking, well, I don't really have a question or some tech rage or I don't have any particular help for another listener currently, but I'd love to be on the air and win a prize. So how about a holiday greeting? Just be around 30 seconds. Don't go on for 10 minutes because it won't it won't air, <laughs> but just around 30 seconds. You know, season's greetings from your first name and your city, and it's snowing right now or something. See, we don't get to hear that a lot here in Miami. I haven't heard it in like 45 years. It's been a while, <laughs> exactly, and that was very unique. Oh, and if not, the first two ways to participate, there's always this way. Oh, I almost forgot. You can call the Ask Dave hotline at 800-899-INTO. That's 800-899-4686. During these difficult times, we understand how important it is to stay healthy and safe. With so many of us confined to our homes and not being able to work, we feel the financial burden more than ever. Many folks lost their jobs and businesses. Others were furloughed and some are working from home at reduced pay. Keeping up with your bills is not easy under these circumstances. If you have credit card debt and cannot keep up with your monthly payments, we at Debt Fix Pros are here to help. Give us a call to see how we can reduce your interest rates and lower your monthly payments. Protect your credit and let us help you find a solution that fits your needs. We, your friends at Debt Fix Pros, are here to help. Let us take care of your credit card debt so you can focus on what is really important. Call for a free phone consultation at 1-800-781-6764. That's 1-800-781-6764. 1-800-781-6764. United we stand. 1-800-781-6764. Happy Thanksgiving weekend from all of us at Into Tomorrow to all of you I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline, and this portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by HughesNet. High-speed satellite internet available where you live or work. Text RADIO to 35000 for more info. Again, text the word RADIO to 35000. Ah, very fine. And a reminder that we are looking for your input, your holiday greeting for all of our audience around the world. So you might want to thank the troops. You might want to just say, hey, don't forget that there's some kids often out and about, more so because they're out of school for the holidays. Be extra careful driving in your neighborhoods. I'm giving you lots of ideas. Heck, just read the inside of a Hallmark greeting card if you want for up to 30 seconds and participate that way. 800-899-INTO. Anytime at your convenience. 800-899-INTO. 
Lance in Dearborn, Michigan, listens online. Welcome, Lance. I've been getting into uh, home gardening now more lately, and I am planning, since I live in some of the northern states, to uh, try to do some indoor gardening. And I was wondering, are there any sensors or anything that I could use, any sort of tech that would help me in my uh, desire to get you know, the perfect tomato, uh, either outdoors or indoors? How, how do you live in some of the northern states? Wouldn't you live in one of the states? Maybe. I'm, I'm confused. Well, maybe he's at one of those points where, like, you know, three or four corners where you can step into his garden and he's in a different state but in his home. Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah. But, Lance, good good question. And kind of like Chris, who's been getting into gardening lately, and it seems like everything he tries to grow grows like crazy. Why? How? Because I'm just that good. Oh, right. <laughs> but Lance, the main sensor you'd be able to use is a soil moisture sensor. They're relatively inexpensive. For example, a Planet Link soils sensor will cost you about $35 and can be calibrated to monitor for the moisture requirements of tens of thousands of different plants. Those kinds of sensors are not all the same, however. Uh, You can find smart ones that will alert your phone if the plant needs more water, which can be a helpful hint if you're new at this hobby. It's not rare for sensors like these to need to be linked to a hub, for example, like Samsung's SmartThings hub. Uh, There's a little bit of a pain Uh, in getting all that set up because you'll need one extra device, but it does help extend battery life by using less energy-hungry radios, if you will, than what Wi-Fi would require. Yeah, that reminds me of a very, you know, low-tech, but when I was a kid, I thought it was a high-tech moisture sensor that my grandmother had in her plants, and it was a simple little, like, bird that stuck into the soil, had batteries in it, and when it sensed that it needed soil, the bird started chirping. Really? And when I was a kid, I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> but these, are, these, these work similar ways. They just send a signal to your phone. You even told her, don't water it. I want to wait for it to chirp. Exactly. Okay. Now, Lance, since you mentioned indoor gardening, you might be interested in some of the all-in-one indoor smart garden devices. These are boxes that have room for the plants themselves, but also include monitoring and grow lights. Oh, cool. Some can control their humidity as well to create an ideal environment for the plants. Now, there are lots and lots of these boxes to the point that they're fairly generic, and it'd be hard to recommend an actual brand. A few years ago, they made up about 30% of all the major tech trade shows. They normally start at around $100 and go up in price depending on both size and features. For example, the soil sensor and humidity control, but also Wi-Fi alerts, automatic watering, automatic light scheduling, and so forth. Wow, very cool. So, Lance, let us know what you end up using, or maybe a combination of the plethora of suggestions that we provided, and what works and doesn't work for you, so you'll help not only Chris, who's big time into gardening as well, but others listening that want to do the same thing. And there's even some of these smart light bulbs that have uh, modes. I know you've got one in your bedroom because you've got a plant in there to try yeah. to help oxygenate your room, <laughs> yeah. and you've got a Wiz smart bulb. So mm-hmm. I know that you know when you when you leave the bedroom in the morning, you have it go into the grow light mode. Yeah, so which we'll- is really strange to see this purple light emanating from my bedroom during the day because that's I just leave that one on so that the plant grows toward it, and I'll be darned if it's it's working. And I'm, I was surprised. It's probably any light, but this one happens to be, they call it a grow light because it's kind of a purple hue. Maybe it is better for the plant. I don't know, but it's working. So this little philodendron, whatever kind of thing seems to be healthy. Yeah. And I forget to water it anyway. Well, those are hard to kill. Okay. That's why. <laughs> that's why it's good for you to have. <laughs> Very good. I, I also do manage to grow, uh, between you and Fausto helping me, uh, Cameron's big strawberry planter out front on my front porch. And I, I pulled seven strawberries off it the other day. 
yes, in March here in Miami. And they were very sweet and tasty and wonderful. And there's a probably 20 or 30 more growing, waiting to turn red and, and be juicy. That's one of the joys of living in South Florida. We have very long growth seasons outside. Yeah, that's very true. But that's about it in terms of what I grow. Although I do have a mango tree for the first time, getting little tiny baby mangoes the size of a pea so far. If I'm lucky, maybe one will grow into a mango. Just keep those squirrels away. Yeah, exactly. But you got to monitor it for me because I'm not. I don't have the green thumb. <laughs> Denise in Starkville, Mississippi, listens on Super Talk ninety-seven point three. How safe is the Venmo app? And what are your recommendations on Venmo or any other money apps? Well, Denise, the Venmo app is generally safe to use. It's owned by PayPal, so at least you know there's a big publicly traded company behind it that stands to lose a lot if there's a big security breach. You just search for their names on the app, select how much money you want to send or request, and do it. There's really not much to it. It's a very fast, free way of transferring money to others. Now, the app, the Venmo app, has a social media aspect to it. You get sort of a news feed listing transactions that your friends have made. It doesn't list personal info, but you'd be able to see who paid who, assuming that their privacy settings are set to public, which is unfortunately the default. Yeah, I don't Um, like that. But you can go to the settings and change the default to participants only, and then only you and the person on the other end of your transaction will see that in your feeds. Yeah, as for recommendations, they're all the same. Venmo, Cash App, I prefer that one for whatever reason. Zelle, Apple, and Google Pay, they're all basically the same and pretty much interchangeable. Just use whichever the people you want to exchange funds with are using. Alan in Ackerman, Mississippi, welcome. Has solid-state drives come into being a reasonable cost compared to hard drives? Well, Alan, they sure are more reasonable than they used to be. Most 500-gigabyte SSDs won't crack $100 these days. Now, having said that, they're still far more expensive than hard disk drives. Not hard to find a one terabyte HDD for about 40 bucks. You won't find that kind of price for a one terabyte SSD at all. Yeah, no, but having said that, most people are using less storage than they used to these days, since their videos, music, and pictures have all left their computers. Um, so you may get a better return from buying a smaller but faster SSD than a larger and slower hard disk drive. Yes, it's more expensive. But to your point, if you're doing a lot of stuff in the cloud, storing things there and not on your machine, if you can get an SSD for what little storage you need and program launching and so forth, it's so much faster. Georgia in Atlanta, Georgia, listens on AM 920, The Answer. Welcome into tomorrow. Hi, Dave and Chris. Congratulations on beginning your second quarter century. I work remotely in a job that requires checking to see that our clients' ads are visible in a staging site I access through a browser. Mm. For some unknown reason, in the last couple weeks, these ads are no longer visible to me in any browser. I can't see them. First Firefox stopped working, then Chrome. Opera worked once and stopped. And Safari can't even find a neighborhood Starbucks, so I'd never try that. I'd like to know why a browser would suddenly stop allowing me to see ads in a staging site. And more important, what other browsers do you recommend I try? I know there are dozens of them. I'm using a Mac Mini desktop. Hope you can help me. I need this for my job. Well, Georgia, we'll do our best. From your description of how different browsers all stop showing the ads, it sounds like one of two things 
may likely be at play here. One, a change in the staging site's JavaScript files, browsers cache, if you will, JavaScript files. So you may see one fail before others do if there are changes as the cache policies run out and each browser refreshes the page's assets. The browser's console will typically report errors loading JavaScript files, so you can certainly check there. Now, two, there could be some blocking either by a browser-level ad blocker, which is not likely in this case, given how many browsers you're using, uh, a network-level ad blocker, perhaps, a VPN, virtual private network with a built-in ad blocker, or even a DNS-level ad blocker. That's domain name server. Now, the easiest way to know if it's a network issue is to connect to a phone's hotspot, clear your cache, and then try to reload the staging site once again. Yeah, and in terms of which other browser you should use, frankly, none. Uh, and you should rethink your stance on Safari. Safari is currently the number two desktop browser in eh. the market by eh. usage. Eh. But the, we're talking numbers here. The, the yeah. people actually, that actually use it, it is number two. Yeah, the, the, the Apple product. And, so, yeah. Well, it's got a market share of just under 20%. Uh, Chrome and Chromium browsers lead by a mile with 59% of the market. So Thank you. So you'll be happy about that. Yes. Mr. Mr. Google, Chrome, Android, everything, Kool-Aid, <laughs> <Yeah>. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but Firefox, which is actually my browser of choice, is only 6%. Oh. Um, and the rest of them barely even rank. Uh, so if you're testing to make sure that visitors can see ads, Chrome, Safari, and Firefox are the most important browsers. Everything else is a margin of error. Uh, there's not much point to reporting that ads can be seen by the 0.003% of users that visit using an obscure browser. Georgia, hopefully... Our input has helped you. Remember, if you didn't remember everything you heard, it's in our show notes. Just visit us at intotomorrow.com or stay tuned as Into Tomorrow continues. Attention. Do you owe back taxes, fines, and penalties to the IRS? The IRS now offers new relief options for taxpayers affected by COVID-19, but you can't go it alone. Call Tax Solutions now. Our team of former IRS agents and tax professionals can get you the best deal. We know the COVID-19 rules. Call us and never speak to the IRS again. I couldn't sleep. We were being audited. I called Tax Solutions now and a great big weight was lifted off my shoulders. I called Tax Solutions now and they got the IRS off my back. Tax Solutions now had my wage garnishment lifted in 48 hours. The virus has caused the IRS to take extensive action to help taxpayers. So if you owe $10,000 or more, this is the best time in years to settle your tax debt. I qualified for the Fresh Start program. I paid less than I owed. Remember, the IRS will not give up until you pay. Call Into Tomorrow continues. I'm Dave Graveline. If you've got any questions or comments about anything you hear or see, we invite you to drop us a call or even better, an audio option question, perhaps via our free Into Tomorrow app. The next guest we're talking with uh, sells premium audio solutions worldwide and in fact, introducing some very cool new products to the North American market very soon. The director of sales and marketing with Magnet Audio Products and Hico Audio is Christian Mueller. Christian, welcome into tomorrow. Thanks for coming on with us. How are you? 
I'm fine, Dave, and uh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Uh, tell me a little bit about the company, first of all, or the companies, and, and then let's get into some of the products that you guys are, are going to be introducing in the U.S. market as well. Happy to do so. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm standing for Magnat and Hiko, as you just mentioned. Both bra- brands are German origin. Uh, Hiko is actually uh, the oldest uh, in permanent existing uh, loudspeaker brand in Germany, so existing oh. since 1949, so oh. right after the war, so to say. Yeah, so certainly yeah. some history. It didn't pop up out of the woodwork. You've been doing this for some time. Kind of, exactly. <laughs> um, and and Magnet um, has been established in 1973, so in three years from now, we celebrate the 50th uh, anniversary already wow. for those two brands. Uh, and actually, uh, those brands uh, are quite well established already in Europe and in parts of uh, Eastern Europe and Asia. Um, so Magnet uh, is uh, currently the number one speaker brand in Germany, um, selling a huge variety of, of premium audio solutions from passive speakers, uh, maybe bookshelves, stand floor, powered monitors, soundbars, electronic components, single subwoofers, wow. THX products, and many more. Uh, so uh, a, a huge bandwidth uh, of, of uh, portfolios and, um, and price segments. And speaking for HECO, uh, we, we start with the portfolio for HECO a bit higher than the magnets, maybe uh, um, the, the, the more premium uh, solutions uh, with uh, price ranges starting at uh, 1,000 euro and above. Uh, with um, a, a more classic and timeless touch of design um, where people have the feeling this is something that they invest to and still can listen to in 10 and 15 years from now. Mm-hmm. So a huge variety um, of opportunities. Yeah, it sounds like a, a night, not only a huge variety, but a, a really great variety of incredible loudspeakers and the history that you guys have over the years. I'm glad that you also mentioned things like subwoofers and, and sound bars. Certainly the popularity of those kinds of speakers and devices have become more and more interesting to a lot of consumers in the recent years, especially as they hang these big screen TVs. And we say that's wonderful, but remember, video is only half of your immersive entertainment, the other half. And we like to think in the audio business, you and I both, the more important half is great audio. So at least, you know, get a soundbar involved, uh, get a, a subwoofer involved, and then you truly then can be immersed in an incredible movie, for example. I totally agree with you. Uh, the joy of watching Netflix for endless hours is only half uh, when you don't have uh, the whole experience uh, yeah. that you know from the cinema. Uh, and these days, uh, uh, where it's sometimes difficult to, to visit the cinema, you have your cinema at home and uh, try to get the best uh, experience uh, as can be. Uh, and then, of course, you have a big screen, uh, but you have small sound coming off that flat thing. Uh, and, and then, uh, of course, you need, you need help from uh, brands like us, of course, uh, and, we, and we, can, we can offer great, great solutions for these. And I'm sure your reaction uh, with your customers is the same as we hear from our audience when they first introduce something like a subwoofer into the system. And it's like, wow, it's a night and day difference. I mean, you can literally feel the excitement of a movie or a chase scene or, or you know, something of that nature. It does, it does make a huge improvement to your entertainment. 
Exactly. It goes straight to your body, uh, and then you're in the midst of the movie, uh, yeah. actually, uh, part of the scene. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's the whole joy of uh, having a cinema at home um, with the combination of, of a high-definition um, movie uh, and high-definition sound, so to say. Yeah, and I'm glad that the audio industry has taken that up, too, calling it uh, high-def sound, because it really becomes that especially when you are able to enhance with some great loudspeakers, subwoofers, uh, you know, the, the the kinds of things that we've been discussing. Even a sound bar makes such a difference. First of all, people are typically unhappy when they hang a new big screen TV and, oh my gosh, the picture's wonderful and look at that, it's huge. And why does it sound so tinny? You know, why, why is the audio not so good? Well, because you're trying to use the little, little tiny speakers that they manage to cram into that flat panel you turn those off and use your your surround sound. Uh, if you don't have it, get it because otherwise you're truly not experiencing what you should. Exactly, it's it's laws of physics, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the physics uh, come with the sound. Yeah. Uh, and and at the same time, uh, something people also appreciate is uh, the ease of use that you can easily set up your sound system together with the screen uh, in in five minutes or so, and then it all can begin. Uh, And uh, you you can uh, enjoy the movie together with your family, whatever. So um, this is something that's really, really growing, uh, particularly uh, in the last six months, I would say, where people stay at home for longer uh, and uh, use their spare time the best way possible. And that's part of the game. For sure. It's all about entertainment. And in this case, if you're building a home theater, whether it be in your living room or den, or maybe you are fortunate enough to have a home theater room separate, uh, the whole point is your family can also enjoy things together. You know, it's movie night and everybody comes with some popcorn and candy and sits around and and truly enjoys it. Uh, So tell me, Christian, what are the plans for Magnet and Hico uh, to enter the U.S. market, North America? Uh, What types of products, hopefully some of the same ones we've been talking about, you'll be introducing here. Yes, uh, we, we have decided together with our mother company, the Vox International Corporation, uh, where other brands like Klipsch also belong to, uh, that now is the right time to enter the, the American market with the backwinds that we have from Europe. Uh, and we will come with exactly these kinds of portfolios. Uh, for, for speaking for Magnet, it's actually three lines of uh, speakers where we have from entry-level to mid-level to mid-high-level solutions for every kind of budget uh, in nice designs and also some some state-of-the-art technologies um, uh, that all include um, center speakers, woofers, uh, shelf solutions, stand floor solutions in different colors and different uh, cabinets, so to say. We have the same uh, for HECO, also some nice solutions with uh, on-wall speakers for those that don't have enough space to position stand floor speakers with flat woofers that they can position under their couch but feel the noise and feel the sound uh, but don't see the box. Wow. Uh, uh, yeah, so because the, it's one the, thing the to have acceptance a acceptance su- factor is rather big. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, because that most subwoofers are pretty big cabinets. I mean, you know, exactly. you're seeing some rather large speaker cabinet, which is okay for most people. But well, let's we have face- these as well. Oh, uh, sure. If you have the space and yeah. you have the acceptance <laughs> at home, you yeah. can do so. Uh, uh, but we have alternatives uh, for, for every kind of uh, request. Yeah, and, and I'm uh, imagining that a lot of folks will like or already are liking the whole idea of the flat subwoofer 
under a sofa, for example, under your couch. I mean, can you talk about feeling the the immersiveness? Yeah. And it would still, no doubt, fill the room for those who might it not have a room. spot on the sofa. <laughs> you cannot locate the sound. The human ear cannot locate the sound, uh, but the body can feel the bass. Uh, yeah. And that's what it's all about. Terrific. Well, meantime, we invite our audience to check out Magnate. It's M-A-G-N-A-T. Dot exactly. de. And when you get to dot .de, which is for Deutschland, there's an option for English or German, and exactly. you can see the products and really mm-hmm. experience everything. Christian, thanks so much for joining us as part of our CES special this year, and uh, we'll stay in touch because I want to certainly talk with you more as products are even more available here in the U.S. Looking forward to do so, Dave. Thanks for having me again. It's our pleasure. Christian Mueller, the Director of Sales and Marketing with Magnet Audio Products and Hico Audio. I'm Dave Graveline. We continue bringing you further into tomorrow right here on the Advanced Media Network. When you're a new podcaster, you may need a little help setting everything up. Like us at Into Tomorrow, you want a company that's there when you need them, who actually picks up the phone when you call. That's Blueberry Podcasting. Call 1-877-729-8642 or visit Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com. Welcome back into tomorrow as we and our fellow Americans celebrate Thanksgiving on this happy Thanksgiving weekend, kind of the official start of the holiday shopping season, if you will, official at least for consumers, because we got Black Friday. Maybe you already missed it, but you got Cyber Monday coming up. Of course, Black Friday for a lot of companies these days goes on for like two months. So <laughs> it's like Amazon's Prime Day, which is two days or two yeah. and a half days or something. Or a day and a half at least, yeah. or a couple of times a year, and uh, whatever. It's just all gimmicky. But hopefully you can save some money here and there occasionally. By the way, I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by Blueberry Podcasting. You don't need to be tech-savvy to record and publish your own podcast. It'll be easy for most Into Tomorrow listeners. Plans start at just $12 a month. If you'd like more information, go to blubrry.com. Then stop by our site anytime and participate to win at uh, intotomorrow.com. Steve in Lake Villa, Illinois, or is it Lake Villa? Lake Villa. Lake Villa, okay. Uh, listens to the free Into Tomorrow podcast, ah, and is calling using the new Ask Dave button on the Into Tomorrow website. Hey, Steve. Hey, Chris. Oh, Hi. and Dave's there, too. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I think my message got lost in the app this last time around, oh. so I'm going to try it again. I kind of invested in Google smart speakers. Uh, my wife bought me a smart screen for Christmas. I have, I don't know how many little mini hubs around the house. I kind of do a surround sound through the house so I can listen to music wherever I go. So what I was thinking was I might need a tablet to go with this. So the question I have is what tablet would work kind of in the Google ecosystem with the smart screen, the speakers. I have Chromecast, but I prefer the Roku. thought you guys may have an answer. Hi, Chris. 
he only said hi to you. Well, he did say hi to me, too. I guess it's my lack of voice lately. But, boy, the, the calls, the web app calls sound great. Yeah. So thank you, Steve. I appreciate that. Uh, but any tablet will generally work well with Google Google's ecosystem. Even iPads can play nice with most Google services. But if you've fully bought into Google's ecosystem, you might as well go for the closest to a Google tablet that you can get. So at the moment, Google's not listing any made-by-Google tablets on their site. You can still find the old ones online, but the fact that they're not listed on their site doesn't send the best sign about the company's willingness to support them. Tablets are not very popular anymore, so they may have just decided that it's a market segment they don't need to address directly. Yeah, and since Made by Google isn't really an option for you right now, you should probably look at some of the second best to that, stock Android tablets. Mm -hmm. It's hard to truly find stock tablets that don't come with any extra bloatware from the manufacturer, but there are some uh, that might work for you. Uh, One is the Samsung Galaxy Tab S7. It's got a bright 11-inch screen, 13 hours of battery life, and it's compatible with Samsung's keyboard cases, if you're interested in that. The tablet does use a Snapdragon 865 Plus, which is largely okay, but not exactly the fastest processor around these days. You can find the Samsung Galaxy Tab S7 for around 550 bucks online. Yeah, now you can also look at the Lenovo Tab P11 Pro. It's also an 11-inch tablet with a good OLED screen. The Lenovo Tab P11 Pro has two particularly attractive features, we think. The 8,600 milliamp per hour battery and its $400 price tag, which isn't bad for a decent tablet. It's not the best around in terms of performance or cameras, but it's very good for the price. Yeah, and you should probably avoid Amazon tablets. They do run a customized version of Android, but and they're very cheap. It's not rare to find the 10-inch version for a little more than 100 bucks, but they're designed to push Amazon services from the store itself. So it's video, music, and other offerings. That doesn't mean that you won't be able to make it work if you're determined, but it'll always try to steer you towards Alexa or Amazon Music over Google's Assistant and YouTube Music, for example. Yeah. Rob, we have no idea where he was writing from, how he listens to the show, or whether he loves us or not. But he did ask two questions. He says, what is the difference between a Wi-Fi booster and a Wi-Fi extender? Ah. Uh, What is a good Wi-Fi booster or extender? Garage is about 20 feet away from my hub. Thank you for any help you can give, and be safe. Oh, well, thank you, Rob. You be safe as well. Those terms are mostly used interchangeably, actually. They're both wireless range extenders. There could be a difference in that a Wi-Fi extender sometimes refers to a wired device that you plug into your wired network, if you have one, to extend your Wi-Fi to a place that wouldn't otherwise get it. But more often than not, they're meant to identify devices that will take a Wi-Fi network and somehow make it reach places it normally wouldn't. Booster is mainly a term for something that takes a wireless signal, boosts it, And repeats it. But there's no official definition that anyone's required to stick to, so don't worry. Yeah, now, as far as good boosters or extenders, uh, most of them are either difficult to set up or difficult to use. For example, some will force you to connect to a network once you start to lose your main one. That's luckily not always the case. But those that truly extend a single network and are just standalone repeaters sometimes have compatibility issues or are a lot of work to set up. Now, the exception are uh, mesh systems like the Eero, Google Wi-Fi, or Netgear's Orbi. All of these will be easy to set up and use, but they won't be as cheap as old 
style extenders. If your garage is only about 20 feet from your hub, you should get a usable signal in there unless there's an awful lot of metal in those walls. If you mean yards, then a good repeater will probably help and a mesh system will help make your setup easier and use more seamless. More details for you and our notes at intotomorrow.com. Thousands of people contact InventHelp monthly about their invention or new product. Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Call InventHelp now. Best of all, the call and information are free. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential, explaining every step of the invention process. We create professional materials and submit them to companies who are looking for new ideas in your category. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review new ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We offer 3D modeling and animation, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to present client ideas to additional companies. Join people just like you who made the call to InventHelp. You have nothing to lose. Call us for free information at 1-800-460-1663. That's 1-800-460-1663. Again, 1-800-460-1663. love for you to send us a holiday greeting that we will play on the radio. It's very easy, and you can do that by using our free Into Tomorrow app or visit us at intotomorrow.com and click on the Ask Dave button. Record up to 30 seconds of a holiday greeting. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you by Autonomous, how today works from home. See your new home office today at autonomous.ai. Rich in Purcellville, Virginia, sent this text. Dave, taking questions via text is a very into-tomorrow thing to do. Well, of course. We agree. <laughs> I'm in the process of buying a new TV online, and I'm wondering what specs to look for to make, uh, to make sure I get the best possible picture. There's resolution, contrast, HDR, and many others, so I'm not sure which matter most and what to look for. Well, Rich, your budget matters most. 4K will give you the best resolution that you're likely to access content in uh, for a little while, anyway. You'll probably even forget you didn't buy 4K if you don't go below 1080p. The difference is not as stark as standard uh, it was to HD. HDR will uh, get you better contrast, so deeper blacks, brighter whites, uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, whatever you buy, leave some room in your budget, though, for speakers or a sound bar if you don't already have any of those. Modern TVs are thin, and that doesn't leave any room for decent speakers. Uh, some TVs sound so bad that you may not even understand a movie's dialogue. Uh, in reality, if you care about picture quality, you probably want to look at the picture with your own eyes before you go by. So you may want to check a local retailer. Everyone uses the same buzzwords, but the quality differs across sets. Liz in Windsor, Ontario, Canada, now listening online. Welcome into tomorrow. Okay. I was under the impression, quite possibly a mistaken one, that a smart TV would allow me to watch what was on my iPhone or iPad through my TV. I know these devices are smart, but me, not so much. 
<laughs> oh, Liz, don't say that. You were smart enough to participate, call in, and let us help you out. Uh, to play your iOS content on your TV, you'll need AirPlay. There are a few ways to get AirPlay, but the most common is through an official Apple device. The other ways are a little bit on the technical side, and you probably don't want to deal with them. Yeah, there's some TVs that have AirPlay built in. The uh, Vizio that you have in your living room has mm-hmm. got AirPlay built into yeah. it. Um, now, the cheapest and easiest way to play most of your content from your iOS device on your TV would probably be a Chromecast. They're made by Google, and they start at around 30 bucks. They're not perfect, but they're easy enough to use, and their only real mission is to put content from phones or tablets onto the TVs. An Apple TV will be the most seamless way to play content from your iOS devices, but they're standalone devices as well and will cost you a lot more. Yeah. Apple wants to get every nickel they can from you all the time, but at least you do have some options. I think Chromecast is the cheapest way to go. Intotomorrow.com. Let's meet there.